This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Traveling means different things for different people. You might like a sense of adventure. Maybe you're more like me and travel to relax. I've talked to you before about the distinction between travel and vacation. I lean towards vacation. Either way, planning any kind of travel when you have a disability can be an added level of stress mostly due to a lack of information about accessibility, where you're heading. So how can you have a great experience and also make sure that your next journey is not plain? Anu Paula has some suggestions. Anu is the founder of Anu Vision Coaching and Consulting. Good morning, Anu. Good morning, Dave. So Anu, you and I have circled this topic before, but what does accessible travel mean to you? Accessible travel to me means that um, you have a system in place so that there are no barriers and, and uh, travel is accessible to all. So whether that looks like accessible websites to enable people to book their trips, like whether it's flights or tours with um, minimal, uh, you know, uh, challenges, or whether it's the hotel you're staying at, or whether it's the the flights themselves. Like, you know, really it's like low barrier. So what about the end goal here? What makes a country, a city, a destination, a region, what makes it accessible? Um, I think in my mind, um, just having certain systems in place, whether it's the infrastructure, and a lot of it could even be around attitudinal um, things as well. Like, you know, just like in terms of the uh, people's attitudes towards people with disabilities as well. Because I think that's part of the challenge as well when it comes to accessibility. You know, how how you're perceived. And that could really make or break a positive or negative ex a positive experience. Um, so whether it's like the hotel staff or that, that awareness around what those needs might look like for different people. So whether it's a person with vision loss or whether it's a wheelchair user, you know, do they have accessible rooms in place? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with your own personal needs, right? There's no standardized yes. experience for a person with a disability. And that's where information comes into play. Where can I find information about potentially my needs? Sometimes it could be, is there Braille lettering on hotel room doors? And I've mm -hmm. noticed more hotels doing that, but it's not centralized. How many elevators do you have? inside your hotel Correct. if there's going to be if there's going to be a broken elevator are there any other ways to get up or down to your room because i have been at hotels where both the elevators have gone down or one of the two has gone down and it's been an absolute nightmare for the hotel guest experience so i think you're talking about these little tidbits of information that can be part of the broader inclusionary experience but one of the issues is that there's no standardization 
of where to find those tidbits of information. Oh, you go to the airline's website and they tell you about how to deal with a guide dog, but then the airport has their own guide dog policy. And then you don't know if you're gonna be dealing with an airport employee or an airline employee. And then what happens when you get to the hotel and where's the taxi stand at the airport? And then what happens when you get to the hotel? Is it a 24 hour front desk or is there a late check-in time? How does this all work out? And it makes me think about a total lack of a centralized resource for that information. So it got me thinking this morning about the merit of a centralized place for information of both guidelines for airlines, airports, hotels, all that information in one place. I know it would be a monstrous piece of work to do. It would be a huge undertaking, but I do think there'd be merit. I absolutely agree with that. And and I hear you on what you were talking about in terms of just like, you know, like just trying to figure, figure things out. Like we just came back from Europe, as you know, just a couple of days ago. And I had a, a very interesting experience just in the different cities that we um, we crossed through. And so having a centralized system in place would be huge because then there'd be one place where people could go to and find the information that they needed. Um, people would be properly trained to provide that information. And uh, yes, you're right, it would be a huge uh, undertaking, but I think it would it would be massive because I think we're seeing more and more people with disabilities are getting out there and traveling. And so um, that's, you, you're making my mind kind of work now. Like that could be a project, you know? I don't know. Like I, I think that there's lots to uh, work with there. I think it, it would could, be I, interesting. I, it would be a project. It would be a serious undertaking. But I also think about sort of the voluntary nature of it, right? That if you reached out to enough big corporations, enough big hotel mm -hmm. corporations, they might be willing to make that information a little bit more available in a centralized place. And frankly, if one of the big corporations doesn't want to engage in that practice, then too bad. They're out, yeah. right? Like, like sometimes yeah. you talk about the power of the dollar and the power of commerce, and sometimes you have to say okay if this if this organization or this company is not going to be a team player i'm not going to lose any hair over them i'm just going to platform the good ones and the ones that aren't going to cooperate they're just not going to get my dollars they're not going to get my cash yeah yeah no doubt and i i think that just the whole um topic of accessibility is becoming more and more uh prevalent and i think slowly but surely i mean i, I mean we have a lot of work to do for sure but i think companies are slowly getting it or at least their awareness is becoming more greater just because there are so many advocates out there and bloggers and you know media and everything so i feel like with time, uh, we could get there, actually. There's potential. Yeah. I also wonder if there's a collaboration with some of, like, the more uh, recognized certification programs out there. I know, for example, uh, they're not they're not perfect, but the, the Rick Hansen the program yeah. does their certifications. I wonder if there'd be sort of a mixing of information you could do there where you're using their evaluations that's publicly available and sort of mm. concentrating that into something more centralized. But again, it's a massive undertaking of work and, once again, puts the onus on the person with the disability to track down the hodgepodge information, which is unfair. Like by, by its nature, it's unfair, but it's also the reality of the world that we live in. 
Yeah, but but I think in general, like any traveler, I mean, they do have to do their their part of research yes. as well. Like you know, with my husband, I mean, like to plan this European trip that we did, he did months of research to try and figure things out. And you learn as you read and you speak to people and things like that. So I think that goes for anybody. But I think there's that extra layer when it comes to people with disabilities because not only are we trying to just, just like find the information, but I think it's also about navigating websites which are not always accessible yes. and so that can be extremely frustrating and time-consuming. Anu, there's another option on the table for folks and there are companies that provide travel op travel options for people with disabilities that essentially boils down to group travel, right? If you think about maybe some of these seniors trips, it's a little bit more tailored towards people with disabilities, putting them in a group and doing group tours together. What are your thoughts on that? I, I know that I personally don't think I would enjoy that very much because I like to be a my own free spirit when I travel. I don't like to be on somebody else's schedule, but how, what are your thoughts around these companies that are a little bit more designed to create group tours for people with disabilities? Well, I think there's benefit for people um, who would uh, lean into that because they're like not everybody's a, a planner and a, and a researcher. And, you know, so some people just want to pay the money and, and have someone, you know, plan everything out for them. They just show up and, and have a good time. And uh, some people aren't as, you know, shy of being among you know, people that they don't necessarily know. Um, so I think that could definitely work for a lot of people. We saw a group um, when we were in, um, I think it was uh, Spain, and um, there was a, it was a seniors group, and um, and they were having a great time, you know. So I think there's definitely uh, advantages to just uh, paying the money and having someone plan everything out for you. Now, the the other side of that is that you know you may not have the flexibility that you want because there are certain things that you may want to see or experience which may not be part of the tour yeah you know or you may want to just kind of like go out and about and do your own thing but <laughs> a lot of these tours what happens is that they it's it's very you know strict so you're in one city could could only be for a day you know so you may want to check something out and that might take a little bit longer. So yeah. I think there are pros and cons, like, you know, with anything. Yeah, the, the, the merit is that somebody else has done some of that informational uh, gleaning, learning about mm. the accessibility of a space. They're probably going to ensure that you're staying at a hotel that meets accessibility yes. and accommodation needs. It means you're going to be going places that are probably going to meet your accessibility and accommodation needs. You're going to have more of a guided tour experience. I see the merit there. Like I said, I'm a free spirit, though. I like to sleep in. I like to vacation on my own schedule. Uh, you've, yeah. you've spent time with me once when I was on vacation, and I was grateful yeah. that you said, let's meet at 6 p.m. I was like great I can sleep in and take a nap today and still see a new so uh, yeah so like, like I, I'm, I'm a little bit more of my own spirit but I'm also I'm also lucky right I've got some privilege about where I'm at with my disability I can basically cope uh, with some help from Google Maps and occasionally from humans but a new I yeah. do worry a little bit when you think about the group trip plan that it becomes a little bit of a segregation right that it kind of once again says okay people with disabilities here's the experience that you get to have yeah yeah i i definitely agree when i was planning for this segment that's exactly what i was thinking as well because you know you're not among the let's say the mainstream you know community so you're in a segregated group not only that but if you're um with 
people with different types of disabilities, then, you know, the needs are going to be different. Those experiences might be different. So I, I can't even imagine, like, if some if, if tour planners, you know, are planning, you know, excursions and things like that, you know, trying to find activities and experiences that meet everyone's needs, like, that would be pretty challenging. Yeah. But, um, but, I, but I definitely agree that there's a lot to be said about um, you know, just like mixing everybody together because that's part of that rich experience and where you just are part of the community, you know, where yeah. it's not like a segregated group. Anu, this is an interesting topic. Thank you for bringing it to the table. Have a lovely day. Thank you for waking up a little bit early there on the West Coast to engage in the conversation. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that's Anu Paula, founder of A New Vision Coaching and Consulting. Coming up after the break, Fat Bear Week captured the attention of social media earlier this month. Lawrence Gunther will talk about the annual event that's more than meets the paw. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.